Well, thank you so much for coming. I'm seeing a lot of familiar faces, Gloria, and all kinds of people that I haven't seen in a long time. Um, and it always is a joy to be here. I can't even tell you how much it's a joy. I was talking to Alex, and, um, and I said, oh, I'm so grateful for Mindset for Missions. And she goes, why? And I was like, well, I'll tell you. I mean, it, real quick, prayer. Prayer. Um, you know, you don't have a clue how much impact you make. I know you might think, I'm just the person I'm sitting here. I, I feel that way many times. I'm sitting in the chair, and I'm like, nobody knows I exist, and I just like over here. But, you know, your prayers, and that's, that's what led me to what I want to talk to you about today, is your prayers matter. God hears them, and he remembers them, and they matter. Um, and we might not be able to do the big things of... Um, you know, standing in Ukraine saying, bring on the Russians, I can stand, <laughs> you know, maybe we're not called to be that person, um, uh, and sometimes you don't even know you're being called to that person, all of a sudden you are, which is, I know is in their case, but um, you, the prayers of the saints are are precious in his sight, you know that that's something that he, he treasures, and so I do want to talk about that, um, I... Uh, uh, when when Dave and I were not following the Lord, she mentioned that for a long time um, we had been in business for 20 years and doing a lot of things. And we had a neighbor that was bugging us all the time to go to church. And um, we did not really want to, and she kept bugging us and bugging us and bugging us and bugging us and bugging us. So finally we went, okay, fine, we'll go. So we went, and it was horrible. It was the worst like worst Sunday ever. Um, we had a horrible experience, and we both swore an oath. That they, by the way, it was Missionary Sunday, and it was a missionary from Africa, no less. And oh my goodness, it was like so boring. And my husband and I, we swore an oath, literally shaked on it, and said, under no circumstances, no matter what this lady says to us, we are not coming back. Well, she prayed for us for a year. She had her Sunday school class pray for us for a year. They saw nothing. <laughs> they saw no fruit of that prayer at all. But the Lord had a different plan. And um, it's a long story. Alex wanted to hear the long story. We kept saying, you don't want to hear the long story. She said she did, so she spent all night hearing the long story. <laughs> I won't give that to you because I only have a few more minutes. But... Um, uh, the long story is the Lord did an amazing work in our, our life in, um, in a matter of two weeks and changed everything about us. And now we are 20 years in South Africa serving the Lord as a, a, with a blessing. But that was prayer. That was prayer. And don't ask me who was the ones that prayed. I just know there was a Sunday school class. So it was the little person that's just sitting there going, well, I don't know the little neighbors, but okay, I'll pray for them. Um, the Lord heard their prayers. So I wanted to take us through a passage, but because um, I, I don't ever like to speak without going through a passage. But looking at the time, I'm like, I probably don't have much time. I'm basing this on Jude. Um, if you have your Bibles, you can open up. You'll sort of have a sense of where I'm going to go with this. But um, I wanted to encourage you about praying. And... Um, That, uh, you know, a lot of times we live in a time where 
um, we have people and we have our own, our own hearts too are really discouraging us to pray. Why bother? You know, God's not answering my prayers. You know, I've, I've asked so many things that he never answers. It's like, why bother praying? And we have this, we, we hear it from mockers and we hear it from our own selves, which is worse, um, of why bother? We forget who we're praying to. We forget that we're praying to the God of the universe, <laughs> you know, that created the whole universe. We're praying to God, not, not a vending machine, as I describe it. Many times we think we're praying like we're praying to a vending machine where it's like, okay, if I want something, I go to the vending machine, I put in three prayers, didn't come out. Okay, put in 20 more prayers. Oh, it didn't come out. Okay, I'll, I'll fast and I'll pray. <laughs> and it doesn't come out. We, we see God as like this vending machine. He has never been a vending machine, praise the Lord. He's God. <laughs> He's the creator of the universe. And that's what we have access to pray to. So our prayers are not like a vending machine. Therefore, when we say what we want, I'm asking, I, I don't do you really want the God of the universe to do everything you want him to do? If you look at your life, if you're a believer, you're like, oh, please don't give me what I want. That's so often my prayer. is like, Lord, don't give me what I want. Give me what I need. Drive me in the place where I, want to, where I need to go, not where I'm thinking I need to go, because I'm usually wrong. <laughs> so in that, in our growth in the Lord and in our understanding of his word, and um, we start praying quite differently. And that's what, how prayer starts changing. So um, uh, in Jude, I just want to, um, down to uh, verse 17 through, through 19 at first. Let me just look at that real quick. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, beloved, ought you ought to remember the words that were spoken beforehand by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, that they were saying to you in the last times there'll be mockers following after their ungodly lusts, and they're the ones that cause division, worldly-minded, devoted, uh, devoid of the Spirit. Um, just stop right there for a second. That's what I was talking about in terms of the world is telling me, don't believe it, don't believe your prayers matter they don't hear you. God's not even there. He doesn't hear your prayers. And my own heart, my own lust sometimes cause me to say, God's not listening. He doesn't understand. Does that make sense? And we all go through these things. But we want to not be that way. And so it starts off with, in verse 20, it says, but you, ah, we're going to be different, beloved, building yourself up on the most holy faith, now, just stop right there for just a second. Building yourself up on the most holy faith. That means building yourself, like training yourself. Um, and I'm just trying to do this in a devotional quick way. Sorry, I don't have time to really get into it. But the only way I know to build myself in the faith is the word. You know, Louis was talking about that. It's like, I can't build, I have people in my country, it's quite common, that, you know, they all say, I feel like God's telling me to tell you, you know, and I'm like, oh, whatever. Um, I've been told a lot of interesting things in my life <laughs> that God felt they needed to tell me. And I'm like, thank you so much. <laughs> but, um, you know, they, they trust this feeling within them. And those of us that have come to know the word and come to know the Lord, I don't know if I trust that feeling in me. That feeling has gotten me into a lot of trouble. <laughs> so, so we build ourselves, we train ourselves in the faith by the word. 
you know, by saying, hey, sometimes God doesn't want things to go exactly how I want it to go. Sometimes God wants you to lose the battle. Ha ha, I don't want to lose the battle. You know, but then I read on and I say, oh, I see what you did here, God. So, so building ourselves up, spending time with the word, which you're doing at EWG and we're doing with other things and, and even being attending here, hearing um, Dr. McCarthy, you're definitely getting that. Um, it says, build yourselves up in your faith. And then it says, praying in the Holy Spirit. And that's what we want to talk about. We want to pray um, and we want to keep ourselves in the love of the Lord, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. And have mercy on some who are doubting, save others snatching out of the fire, and some have mercy of fear, um, hating even the garment polluted by the flesh. A lot of words in there, but I want to pull out this thought of just briefly of that's why we spend time in the Word. You want to pray better? Read your Bibles. You know, study God, not just read it as in like a done, but you're trying to study, why did he do that? What do I feel like if I read that or whatever? You're studying God. Because if we study God, then we start to understand a little bit more about our own lives. So, for example, um, one time I was praying, uh, uh, our church was having a very difficult time. And my husband kept coming home every elders meeting and... um, it was tremendous pressure, and it was very difficult. I'll just, it was a very, very hard time. And I kept saying, okay, Lord, I'm just praying for the elders to have unity. You know, I'm studying the scriptures. I'm like, okay, what can I pray that would be aligned with God? You know, unity, unity. I can pray for unity. So, Lord, I pray that the elders will have unity tonight. And I would pray as they, as they met for unity, unity, unity. My husband would come home, disunity total problems. And I'd be like, I thought that was a good prayer. (laughs) And then I'd be like, next, okay, next time they're going to meet unity, unity. I'm praying for unity, 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 disunity. And that went on for a year. I finally got to a point where I was like, I'm done praying. I mean, I don't know what this is, but I don't know. I don't know how to pray any more aligned with God than unity. Well, the Lord in his providence was using that disunity for a good reason, and some people were needing to be off the elder board, which I didn't have anything to do with, nor did my husband. You know, it's like, but that happened. And all of a sudden, they had unity, and they were going forward. You know what? It took me six months to realize that God had answered my prayer. (laughs) He just didn't do it in the day I wanted it in the month that I wanted it, in the time I wanted it. I wanted it now. I'm praying now, so I want it now. And God was like, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. We got things we got to do. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I hear you. We got things we got to do. So sometimes prayers, we, we think they're not being answered because they're not being answered in the moment we want them. But God's doing a big plan. So... Um, just want to encourage you to keep praying and praying according to the word and as they're not being answered go back to the word but remember that the biggest part of prayer and you guys are our prayer warriors so you know we stand on your backs you don't even understand why we all come in here you probably see us all going we love you guys you're like why do you love us because you pray for us and we know you pray for us and we know your prayers even affect grace community church the elders a lot of the things that you don't even know how much you affect um, 
but some of you return. We're waiting for the Lord to return. When he returns, you're going to get to see some of the fruit of your prayers. Sometimes you hear them from us. Some we can share, some we can't share. But let me tell you some fruit that has happened that you would be totally unaware of. But you've been praying for the Beakleys and, and South Africa. and So let me give you just a, a, a simple story. There was a uh, um, two young young man, a young girl in my life that when I was at, at, um, in South Africa in our church, and they were rebellious. Their families were worried about them. Their families were Christian, and they were worried about this rebellious young man, Matthew, and they were worried about this rebellious young girl, Julie, and they were growing up, and they grew up and went off to university, and then they went off, and still it's like, oh, it's like, oh boy, you know, parents were worried, and we would we pray for them, and the Lord in his timing brought them back. And and they both came to know the Lord. Dave had a chance to disciple Matthew. I had a chance to disciple Julie. Um, it was fun for, I'll just bring in Julie. Julie uh, came uh, trembling to me, which was so funny. She came and she was like, I need to talk to you. And I'm like, what do you need to talk to me about? She goes, I'm pretty scared of you. And I said, why are you scared of me? And she goes, well, you know, I know I've done wrong things and you're probably going to want me to tell you every single one, but I need help. And I was like, well, first of all, I really don't want to know everything you've ever done. I really don't. I'm not your priest. Um, And then I said, but, you know, I'll try to help you. And she was going through, the Lord took her, well, because I discipled her, so I'm more up on her story than Matthew, but... um, she was going through tremendous anxiety attacks and um, like running to the hospital and she went to the doctors, tried, the doctors said, there's nothing we can do. We don't know what, how to help you, you know? And then she went to her parents and her parents were like, I don't know what to do. And they said, well, you know, and everybody kept saying, it's probably spiritual. You probably need to go. And so she finally came to me and said, okay, I'm willing to open up and have you help me. And and I was just able to say, look at the Lord, you know. And so we just spent time looking at the Lord. Um, the the cool thing is is that she came to know the Lord, and she her life totally changed. Um, Matthew came to know the Lord and was discipled by Dave, and his life totally changed. The two of them reconnected and got married. And in, so that was part of your, tes- your testimony, if that makes sense. In heaven, you'll get to, they'll run up to you saying, you prayed for us. And you'll be like, how did I pray for you? Because you prayed for the Beakleys, you prayed for, you know. Um, and then, uh, then at their wedding, there was, uh, Dave did not preach it, uh, but we had a wonderful guy, if you know Joseph McClala, um, he preached. And typical Joseph, which is very typical of him, when he preached a wedding, he preached sin and repentance. <laughs> and it wasn't just the beauty of the wedding. He preached, you know, you need to repent. And we had another, a friend of um, Julie that was there, Henri, and Henri was at that wedding. And Henri was so offended she was like, I came to this wedding. It was supposed to be about love and everything's wonderful. And here you are telling me about I'm a sinner and I need to repent. I hate this place. I hate this church. I hate everything about you guys. And uh, But the Lord had that just 
seed dropped in her mind. Um, and then she started talking to Julie and started talking to some people and, and started working and, and, it was, and it was churning in her heart that she finally came back to the church and heard my husband preach, who just happened to be preaching on adoption at the time um, in, our, in the family. And that was something that struck her heart. And so she went up and talked to him afterwards saying, I, I, I have a lot of questions. Um, and uh, she, so my husband put her with me and we spent a lot of time. And now Henri is following the Lord and a huge servant in our church um, who came from the prayers of the praying for the kids who affected the next, who affected the next, who affected the next. Um, and uh, I shouldn't even say, even Joseph is a prayer, example of prayer. But um, And then Henri ended up marrying a guy by the name of Nax, who's from Madagascar, um, who is following the Lord and serving TMEI and missionaries around the world. So um, anyway, what I'm trying to say is prayer matters. And you don't always get the the result of the prayer immediately and you don't always and the world's going to constantly tell you it doesn't matter but it does god hears god remembers um and he's going to come back and when he comes back which lord willing will be soon then you'll see the fruit of all the prayers so yeah just in i tried to rush through that really fast sorry but I just want to encourage you guys because you're praying for us and we really do appreciate it. You know the whole story of, you know, you guys are the ones holding the rope. We feel you holding the rope. Um, we're, we're very much, and I know the, I can definitely speak for, for Sean and, and um, the Alvarez that um, when we're in tough times, there's something about knowing that even this group, you women, are praying for us that we know that our, our government's not there for us. There's not many people who are there for us, but the prayers of the saints here matter. So thank you, and please don't stop. <laughs> we need them. Um, you do matter, and it, and it just, yeah. So Alex was saying, you know, you said, we, you know, I'm so glad that you're here, and why? This is why. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your cards. The cards are great. Gifts are always great. But the prayers have more power. So I'll, I'll dump that on the top of the list. The other's like, yeah, yeah, thanks. But that's a big one. So um, I know she wanted me to answer questions. So I tried to like rush that really fast. So if you have questions, you might be having some about prayer or South Africa um, you probably saw that and thought, I thought Africa was all the bush. Mostly is. <laughs> but we do have <laughs> Drakensberg. Um, anyway, so I wanted to open it up to you. Any questions you might have about anything? I'm pretty much an open book. So, yeah. That's fine. Okay. Ah, prayers. <laughs> Okay, um, my oldest is a pastor in Illinois, and um, he is carrying a huge load of a lot of people um, on his shoulder, but uh, he has three kids, and they're 
wonderful. And his wife, some of you might know Janae Brown um, or her Jimmy Brown. Um, that's uh, his wife, and oh, she's like, I just thank the Lord for her every day. So they're doing great, um, serving the Lord faithfully there in Illinois. Then I have my next born is Jordan. She is here at uh, Grace. The, she and her husband serve in the college ministry. You many times we'll see him. Re, um, yeah, Ed is another gift from God. Ed is a quiet servant. You you won't know him if you you probably have run by his. He's grown up at Grace. By the way, he and Janae both grew up at Grace. It's sort of funny, but anyway. Um, but you won't ha- you won't you've seen him a million times and yet you've never seen him. But he is like quietly serving everybody all the time. That's who Ed is. Um, and they just had their firstborn, so that's one of the things. I had a little baby uh, uh, January 28th. They had their first. So they, they're coming back to church Sunday, and you'll get to see a little baby. Um, that's Jordan and Ed. And then the next one is Jason, and he married Holly, which Holly is perfect for Jason. Um, they are in Phoenix, Arizona, or Mesa, Arizona. And um, he is an appraiser, um, and they have three kids. The oldest is two and two months. So they're sort of like triplets. Yeah, if you figured that out, you're right. They're rabbits, and they're not done yet. And um, so I got a chance to, that just had a baby January, her last one was born January 8th. And so I had a chance to hang out with those three, um, and uh, yeah, they're yeah they they wanted a lot of kids and they're on the path. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, as long as your bodies can hold out, that's great. <laughs> anyway, but um, they're wonderful and they're serving in a church. Um, if you know Smedley Yates from he graduated from here. Um, they're serving in there, um, so that's what they do. And then my last born is Jacob, and one day there will be a girl out there for him. Um, if he gets out of his accounting books, that would be good. <laughs> so he's studying, um, well, he's working for a accounting firm, and um, he also serves at that church, at, at Smedley Yates Church in Phoenix. So, um, yeah, so we're hoping... I'm, I'm still praying for a godly wife for him and, and a lot more grandkids. But I have seven right now, and I'm enjoying every one of them. Those of you that have grandparents are like you, you do understand. It's, just, it's so much better than parenting. Anyway, <laughs> so, but yeah. Yeah, the COVID. Yeah, um, it was funny. You know, one of the blessings of being a missionary is you get a chance to talk to people that are missionaries all around the world. So we all could swap our stories, you know. So I would be like, I have it the worst. And they're like, no, I have it the worst. So we've definitely found different times where we would have it worse than others. Like at the very beginning for us, we had, um, if you tried to go from this church to Santa Clarita, you would have had to go through a tank, they would not have let you. They they just blocked things off with like a whole military, like, you know, it was insane. It was, um, and at, at uh, six o'clock at night, if you were on the road, you'd be arrested. And, you know, so it was, it was crazy. Um, but, uh, um, yeah, we didn't, 
there aren't that many people that are vaccinated there because, uh, and if they are vaccinated, it's usually from vaccinations that you don't want to know where they're from. <laughs> you know, it's like, from what country was this given? <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, uh, but the, we haven't had it that bad. Um, so it's, we, we're still wearing masks a little bit in a grocery store. Um, but... Yeah, it's, and you know, when Omicron hit and everybody was like, ah, and we were right in the middle of it and it was like, yeah, everybody got a cold, but we didn't, weren't hitting the hospital. So, um, yeah, we were concerned because we had very little medical help. And so we were like, oh no, what are we going to do when we don't have hospitals? But um, it, it, the Lord was gracious to us. So, um, yeah, I think we have a, Ours is a little more complicated in South Africa because of politics, but a different reason than politics than you guys. Ours is um, uh, the political power, uh, the president of the country. Um, to get to be the president of the country, you, you are, they, they vote for parties, and then the party puts in the president. And so, so in the, within the party, to get political clout to get to presidency, your cabinet then has to be accepted. And so you many times have people in your cabinet you wouldn't like. Um, and so one of the people on the, his cabinet was the wife of the ex-president. Um, and, uh, but he gave her the disaster management because you never need that. So you can just stay over there and, you know, and then COVID hit. <laughs> and then she went, I'm in power. <laughs> so we have a little bit of that going on, <laughs> but it's okay. So, um, in general, we're, we're fine. So, as, and as a Christian, I'm like, that's the least of my concerns right now. Yeah. How about your church? How did it affect your church directly? Good question. Um, we had, at our church, we live, when you talk to different South African missionaries, they're in different places. So we have different experiences. Um, so uh, Tim Cantrell was dealing with a whole different battle than what we're dealing with. Tim Cantrell's a very, um, uh, in a, he lives in Beverly Hills, <laughs> is where his ministry is, you know. So it's like a whole different ministry, and we're more the extreme remote type ministry. Um, so for us, they're very conservative. So we had a hard time getting in the back to meeting. Um, so Dave did a lot of online things, which was hard because in our church, um, about half to three-quarters of the church don't have internet at all. So it wasn't helpful. So that, then we started saying, can we buy you internet? Can we, you know, it, it, it was, we were jumping through hoops, everything we could to try to get people fed. Um, so it was hard um, to try to get them to go against because they're very superstitious, terrified of death. It's funny, it's a culture that actually, they don't care about death, but they're terrified of death. Um, so, so it was hard to get them back. But once we got them back, then now we're okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we did hit a time where the government would arrest you if you went to church. Now we hit a time where if they arrest us, we're okay. <laughs> So it just took us a while to get our everybody on board. So anyway, we're, we were, 
You know, Grace has, you guys have no idea how much influence you have around the world. But that was one of our saying, they're meeting with thousands of people. We can do this. <laughs> so anyway, it was good. So, but, Yeah. Well, that was a long time ago, and because all my kids have gone through, but this had everything to do with that. So, you know, again, things the Lord, things you don't even, sorry, you don't even pray about because you think, okay, Lord, that's not, you're not asking that of us. Um, let me explain. Um, I told you that for 20 years we were in business and I had a lot of desires. I wanted to travel the world. You know, I wanted my kids to see the world. Um, and I loved nice things. I loved nice restaurants. I love nice hotels. I, you know, it's like, I like that lifestyle. I'm probably not too alone in that. But um, then when the Lord got a hold of our hearts, we're like, you know what? That's not important. We're looking toward the end. We're looking toward the kingdom. We don't need any of that anymore. You know, we can, we can live without. God will give us what we need until we get there. That's where we want to go. And in the process, the Lord, um, and, and part of one thing we expected, both my husband and I grew up in a very academic environment. Um, Dave's dad was the d- dean of engineering at Arizona State University. My parents were, everybody's educated academically. So we were like, we wanted our kids to go to college. That was, um, that was sort of like a minimum. Well, when you go off to, we had nothing. So I didn't know how in the world we were ever going to get our kids to go to the university. That was like, we'll see. Um, and what God's plans were. So... Um, since we've chosen to give up everything and follow the Lord, um, the Lord has then provided everything we ever wanted. Um, I wanted to travel. I wanted my kids to travel. I'm at a point now, and my kids are probably there too, where we're like, I don't care if I ever travel again. <laughs> I mean, if you offer me a free trip to Tahiti, I'd be like, eh, no thanks. Because um, I've traveled so much. Um, so... Uh, like God gave us that in abundance. We've stayed many nice places. I've eaten in many nice hotels. Um, but our kids, we didn't know how they were going to get to university. Um, and the Lord provided a way. And I'll just say this, all four have gone through and all four have had their education fully paid for. Don't ask me. And I've got friends that are wealthy and they're still paying on their college kids' bills. So I'm like... God. And if you were part of that, thank you. Um, but I'm going to give God the credit <laughs> right now. But thank you. Um, because God was amazing. So, yeah. So I always laugh. You know, I, I go to the church we were at before we came to Grace, before we went to seminary. And I sat in the back of a Sunday school class once, and the guy that was teaching knew us from years ago. And so he's teaching on um, we need to give everything up for the Lord or whatever. And then he goes, 
oh, look, there's Carol Beakley in the back. And he goes, look it, they gave up all this stuff. They gave up, da, 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 you know, and all this thing. And I'm sitting there going, oh, Lord, please don't hit me with a lightning bolt right now. <laughs> because the reality is we have not given up anything. We have been given way more than I ever asked for. So um, do not feel sorry for us. I mean, the guy was trying to use me as an example, and I was like, don't do it. Please don't do it. It's not true. Anyway, yeah, so college is one of those that um, God is, was very gracious. He got them all, all four of them through. Um, yeah, 20 years on the field. Okay. Okay, pull a quantity. Um, yeah, where I'm at right now, but we're we're sort of moving because we're doing more all of Africa, so we're going to be doing a lot more travel. The, remember I told you I don't want travel? I'm going to need to travel. The Lord's saying, you asked for it. <laughs> it's like, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, so we need to, to uh, do a little more travel to see what's going on in the other ministries. But um, Pulakwani, where we've been for 20 years, uh, that is, I sometimes try to use it as like Yuma or Vesalia. You know, it's like it's not a big place. It's like off, but it's big enough. But it's not like, it's not like Los Angeles or something, you know. It's like we live. Um, it is closer more to the Mozambique or, um, border, so we have like all the tribal stuff is all around us. So um, we are the our city is not that big, but millions of people come to our stores. Our so like during the day, our town, our city is like a hundred times more than it would be at night because um, everybody comes in for all the services and stuff. Um, our church is. I don't know what you're allowed to say anymore. You guys and your rules of culture are correct. So, sorry, if I am culturally offending someone, please understand I've lived 20 years in a different country. Um, and I'm the minority. So it's like uh, South Africa is about 90% black and about um, 10% of everything else. Which So I'm the minority there. Our church is probably about 70% black, 30% white, maybe, maybe 20, 80, I don't know. Um, so it's more uh, more African in the church, has a more an African feel. Um, now here, that means something to you. Now let me clarify, you guys don't understand what I just said, because um, though you think 80% Black means that they're all a certain, and like, no. Um, in that black category, there's all kinds of tribes. So some are, some women are like matriarchal, strong, you know, get out of my way, strong women. And then I have other women in the church who cannot look at you in the eye because that's against their culture. So they would, they would stay below a man's head. They would spend their whole time, I'm sorry, trying to keep the mic, but they'd spend their whole time um, in a, in a eyes down, be below their husband, um, below all men, um, very subservient way. So it's like, I have everything. So our church really, truly is an Ephesians 2 church. 
of um, huge diversity, yet, and, and no culture wins, so, so the word of God wins. That's why they're there. Because if you're trying to get with your culture people, you'll go to a different church. Because all the churches in Africa typically are, this is that church, this is this culture, this is that church. And our church is not. Our church is very eclectic. Um, and because, but we unify in the word. So music is an interesting thing because we have interesting... Nobody's satisfied with the music because no one's going to get it all what they want. But um, the word of God is what we stay on. That we can unite on, yeah. It is such a blessing as a teacher to be in that culture because I am forced to be in the Word. That's why, you know, even talking here, and so I want to talk about Bible, and I'm like going, and I want to talk about prayer. I'm like, but I'm not coming up here without a passage. <laughs> I'm like, this is the only way I know I'm in the truth, you know. I have to be very careful with my um, examples, analogies. You know, I'm telling you guys stories, but but that does I don't do that very much there. I'm real more cautious, because it doesn't apply. You know, if I talk about, um, you know, having a fight with my husband on what car to buy, and they're like, they've never owned a car in their life. You know, it's like, um, so it's like we're in different places and how we raise each other, the kids and stuff. So it actually is a huge privilege because it forces you to be in here and use this as examples. So um, it's great. <laughs> Yeah, um, I do. Um, we have a, a probably on on. Let me see. We have several women's ministries, um, but I teach one that we do also online. So it's I probably get to fifty women, maybe fifty to seventy-five women on a weekly basis by way of the Bible study and then the extended. Um, they take like the teaching that I did, and then they do their subgroups. And sometimes that helps with the subgroups, because then you're with six women, and you can talk about your issues. Um, that in a in a like the class that I teach is would be harder to do. So, um, yeah, but yeah, it's I that goes to prove how wonderful this thing is, because this Bible, these words cross-cultural everywhere. And so I, I, I tell about the one culture that I just talked about, the submission one, um, that I, the Lord asked me, oh, over. the Lord asked me to teach once there. And, um, and I didn't know where I was going. And there was like 200 women show up and I'm supposed to teach on submission. And so I'm like, well, you know, I don't know any of these African women, and I'm an American businesswoman here going, okay, here we go, you know? And I, so, um, but because I was nervous and I stuck with the word and I stayed with the word, it very much applied to their culture. And um, it was amazing how they were saying, yeah, we outwardly submit, but inwardly, you know, we spit in their tea, you know. <laughs> Um, they told me, and so they're like, you know, it's like we we do our own unsubmission. You know, they weren't submitting from the heart to the Lord, and so um, 
Yeah, so it's been a privilege as opposed to a negative. It's been a positive for me. Anyway, so sorry. Um, I, and, yeah, I have to tell one quick story. <laughs> they send me an email, right? And they say, okay, you're going to EWG. You're allowed two to four minutes to talk. You know, so just do a quick introduction. I'm like, okay, got it. And then they send me another email. I'm teasing Alex now. They send me another email going, okay, they've got two songs and Luis Contreras is going to speak, so can you make it three minutes? And I'm like, one to four minutes or three minutes. I'm like, they really do know the Beakleys. We do an hour and a half, two-hour thing. (laughs) We're just African time, man. (laughs) So... I've gotten over. <laughs> I'm keeping our the reputation. Is mindset. We're making a motion to make it two hours instead of one, so that will help for next time. <laughs> Thank you, Carol, so much. Thanks. We appreciate it. Well, if you have little ones that you need to pick up, please feel free to go and get them. But what a joy, Carol, to have uh, you come and share with us and to hear your heart for the word, to hear your experiences. Again, just to emphasize what the Lord is accomplishing through his word across the world because it's not an issue of peoples or nations, but it's an issue of the Lord whom we all serve and we're all accountable to him by his grace. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so thankful for this time that we've had. We praise you for uh, Dave and Carol. Lord, we thank you so much for the magnificent way that you have worked in their lives to so providentially, Lord, change their hearts to... um, Bring them from a heart of stone, Lord, to a heart of flesh, to love Christ, to give them a desire to serve, and then to draw them to Africa, Lord. Probably the furthest thing on their mind um, from where they started, Lord. But you work in amazing ways. We thank you for how you have uh, provided the means for them to uh, raise their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We thank you that each of their children are walking with Christ, that are serving Christ, Lord. We thank you for their spouses, for the grandbabies. Father, what a wonderful testament to you, Lord. We do pray that you would continue to protect their family, Lord, to use each of them as they're spread out really across this country and, of course, in Africa. Father, that you would use them and protect them for your perfect uh, ways, Lord, to advance your kingdom as they each minister. We pray for Dave and Carol as they continue um, on in Africa and as they really have such a wonderful, wonderful privilege to Um, shepherd the entire region over there, Lord, for all of our GMI missionaries. We thank you for the wealth of experience you've given them and for their heart, for your brethren, for the church, Lord, and we thank you for their love, for, for the word. We ask that you would use them mightily to have wisdom, to have great humility as they give counsel, Lord, um, that they would continue to tremble before your word as they um, help, encourage, edify, and bless, Lord. We do continue to pray for their church, Lord, and for the unity of the body of Christ there. We thank you for the beautiful picture of their church and the great diversity. And yet, Lord, there is one God, one Son, one Spirit. Father, we praise you, and we ask that you would bless their time here in the States. In your Son's name, amen.